0: I don't know about you, but I have been able to witness a number of historic events in my lifetime that I still remember to this very day. In fact, I can even remember where I was at the time that these events occurred. For instance, I remember sitting in Miss Livingston's third grade classroom the day in which the space shuttle Challenger was to launch. And we gathered around in that room, and they brought in one of those two rollable TV carts, and we sat there and began in great anticipation to watch the space shuttle take off. And it did. And then 73 seconds later, it exploded in midair. Our teacher was shocked and immediately turned the television off, and that was it. And we couldn't believe what we had witnessed. That was not supposed to happen. I remember watching on live television the broadcast of the Berlin Wall being torn down that separated eastern and western Germany. I remember in middle school for the first time in my life that the United States had entered into any type of war in Operation Desert Storm, raining missile fire down upon Iraq for invading Kuwait, and then 42 days of an Allied war against Saddam Hussein. I remember also being in middle school, being a middle school basketball player, when NBA legend Magic Johnson made a shocking announcement to the whole world that he had been diagnosed with HIV AIDS, which was quite an epidemic during that time. And then I remember his last days playing as a part of the 1992 U.S. Olympic men's basketball team, the greatest team of all time, also known as the dream team. I remember being in college studying for an exam when coverage came on of the Columbine High School mass murder, being in shock, and once again when the Virginia Tech massacre occurred. These were the days when mass shootings in schools were not common. And who could ever forget the horrible day on September 11th, 2001, when terrorists invaded U.S. soil and took down the Twin Towers. I remember going home to eat lunch from the church that I was serving and getting a phone call from the pastor's wife telling me to turn on the TV to see what was going on. And I remember turning on the television and seeing the first tower and the smoke coming out of it from where the plane had crashed. These are historic events that have taken place in the life of U.S. history. Events that my children have not witnessed for themselves but will read about in their history books. And I am quite sure that many of you who are even older than me can remember all kinds of other events that have taken place in our history. Whether it's landing on the moon or the assassination of a president. We remember those things because they don't happen every single day. I find that witnesses are a reliable source of information because they have seen and heard with their own eyes and their own ears. They give credibility to a situation because they have been privy to see it and to witness it for themselves. And I find this is especially true on this Pentecost Sunday when we remember the birth of the New Testament church and the historic event in which God sent His Holy Spirit upon His disciples. Yes, this is the birth of the church, but Pentecost itself was a festival in which many of the Jews would gather and come in once a year to celebrate the harvest being gathered, the end of the spring harvest. It was known as the Festival of Weeks, and it took place 50 days after Passover. Thousands of Jews had gathered there in Jerusalem to bring their offering to the Lord. But during Jesus' day, this celebration had morphed into a renewal of God's covenant, celebrating the law that was given to Moses at Mount Sinai, marking the people of Israel as God's very people called to live in God's ways. But this story of Pentecost as we know it actually begins prior to our reading today in Acts. Luke tells us that Jesus had been with the disciples after his resurrection, and prior to his ascension, he gave them some specific instructions. He told them, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In obedience to Jesus' command, the disciples stayed there in Jerusalem, hiding in a house, waiting for God's promise to come true, the promise that they would receive the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, who would empower them to be living witnesses of Jesus Christ, not only in Jerusalem, but to the ends of the earth. It's fitting, actually, because they have been with Jesus For three years of his ministry they have witnessed everything that jesus has done they have seen it firsthand they've followed him wherever he has led them they have witnessed his teachings they have witnessed his interactions with others his compassion and his mercy upon those who were sick and who were oppressed his ability to feed the masses with just a few loaves and a few fish his authority to drive out demons His miraculous ability to walk on water and to even send them out to preach and to heal in His name. And they have even witnessed the greatest event of His life of all. His crucifixion and the glory of His resurrection. But despite everything that they've witnessed, and even the risen Christ before their very eyes, they are still scared. Waiting in Jerusalem is not the wisest move for them. They know what will happen if the Pharisees who arrested Jesus and who had him crucified find them too. It would be easier for them to return back to Galilee, to go back to what they know, to go back to the fishing boats and to return to life as normal. That would be the easy way to deal with such things, but they don't take the easiest road. They listen in obedience to Jesus' command to wait in Jerusalem. And when finally the day of Pentecost had come, they were all gathered there in that one place, and Jesus' promise finally comes true. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. God showed up in power and filled them with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other languages. Which got the attention of all of those who had gathered there. They had heard the violent sound too. That's what drew them to where they were. But then they began to hear these disciples speaking in their own native language. Now, most Jews spoke Greek or Aramaic, but there were many who had come from far away who did not speak those languages. And now they hear these redneck southern Galilean peasants who are not educated speaking in their own language, and they can't believe it. They're bewildered aren't these Galileans? Aren't these Galileans? And they're speaking the wonders of God in their own tongues? What is going on? Others see this sight and they begin to rationalize it. Well, they've been drinking. They've obviously had too much cheap wine and they're drunk. But this will not satisfy the disciples. The ones who were hiding in a house come out of that house into the streets and they address the crowd. Peter begins to address them saying, Look folks, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. We are not drinking. God is doing something amazing here and you are living witnesses of it to this day that God has poured out His Holy Spirit upon us. And he begins to quote Joel's prophecy, ensuring the reliability of what is taking place before their very eyes. Because these Jews know that the Holy Spirit is real, that it is the presence of God, but they understand that God's presence would come upon people in power to empower them to perform a specific task. The temple itself, where they worship, could not have been built without the gift of the Holy Spirit coming upon the people and giving them the skill and ability to do such things. The Spirit of God came upon the prophets as they gave messages to the people, whether it was warnings or encouragements as they sought to be the people of God. But the difference is is that the Spirit of God would come upon people and then would leave them. And today, on this particular day at Pentecost, the Spirit had come upon them in power and was there to stay. Jesus had even told his disciples before he was crucified, he told them this. He said, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And so Peter Enabled by the Holy Spirit goes on to explain to all who are gathered there that Jesus is Lord and Messiah and that they have been blinded to it. In fact, he kind of incriminates them and says, his blood is on your hands. He came bearing witness to God and you didn't believe him. The scriptures tell us that they were cut to the heart in his message and they said, what then shall we do? And he says, repent. Repent. be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord and you too will receive the Holy Spirit and in doing so Luke says those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day now that's a new member celebration if there ever was one right The mega church started at Pentecost and the crazy thing is the Holy Spirit was working in such a way that allowed the timing of this to happen in such a way that these people who had traveled from far away who came to Jerusalem and who came to faith in Jesus went back home and began to do what? To share what they had seen and heard and experienced by the Spirit's work in their life where they were. God had taken an opportune time allowing the Spirit to come upon these disciples in such power, communicating this message in such a way like a spark igniting a forest fire, the church was set on fire and set ablaze. There was no stopping it. These disciples who were scared and who were timid and who really wanted to go back to Galilee, they were unsure of what they were supposed to do, all of a sudden their demeanor changed and they became emboldened and without fear began to share that message in the very place where Jesus had been crucified not too long ago. And I can assure you that they did not do that merely on their own power. No, they were enabled by the Holy Spirit to speak in languages unknown to them and to do it without fear. We celebrate today that the church was born. In fact, if you think about it, you and I would not be in this sanctuary today had the Holy Spirit not been at work through the disciples at Pentecost, leading them to share their faith and igniting an explosion in which the Christian faith was shared across the world. We are recipients of that faith because someone has shared it with us first. This small group of disciples never envisioned the magnitude of their impact on the Christian faith in the world. They had no idea that Jesus was serious when he said to them, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Did you, did you hear that? Jesus said that they will do even greater things than that you will do greater things than Jesus. Than Jesus? Really? Come on. Jesus is right about this, though. Not because we're greater than Jesus. Because Jesus had promised us the gift of his presence, the Holy Spirit, to be with us. And Jesus' ministry was limited to that of Israel. And he will send these disciples out to the ends of the earth to share in such a way that many will come to faith in him. It's not of their own power. It's from the power of God. You know, I find that many of us are just like these disciples when it comes to our own faith in Jesus. We trust Jesus with our lives. We believe that He is Lord and Messiah for us. But the thing is, we tend to doubt ourselves and we're often scared to declare who God is and what He has done for us when it comes to talking to other people about it. It's far easier for us to support missionaries around the world by giving of our financial means. If we give it to them, then they can do that for us, and we can pray for them. But Pentecost reminds us that we have a part to play in that story. But the truth is is that we doubt our abilities to articulate our faith. We worry about what other people might say about us, and so often we feel ill-equipped to share the doctrines of the Christian faith. We can read a text like this of Pentecost, and we can say, well, you know, that's an historic event that happened in the past, and the truth is, is God doesn't work like that anymore. We don't see that in our world today. I mean, many people say, well, when was the last time somebody was given the gift of the Spirit and they spoke in another language and led someone to Christ? I asked that question this morning. I said, show of hands, we had two, two who raised their hands and said, yes, that has happened to me. So it does happen today. But sometimes because we don't experience that, we become complacent in our faith when it comes to sharing it beyond these walls. But I've got good news for you. The story of Pentecost should encourage us as the church because in it we find disciples who are just like us scared timid and they don't know what to do and they feel ill-equipped and you know what they spent three years with jesus even when i read the end of matthew's gospel there is a little tidbit whenever jesus is about to ascend into heaven it says they were with jesus the resurrected jesus and they worshiped jesus and it said and some doubted and some doubted they've been with him this whole time i think we get a pass church but we don't get off easily Because the truth is, is that even though they doubted themselves and they were scared, they were obedient to listen to what Jesus commanded them to wait in Jerusalem. And in doing so, God would show up and do the rest. God would do the heavy lifting. The Holy Spirit would enable them to do what they could not do on their own. They weren't great orators. The Spirit gave them the ability to speak and to share what God had laid upon their hearts. Jesus had told his disciples before he was crucified that they would be persecuted, that they would be arrested, and that they would be taken before the authorities. And he tells them not to worry about that. He says, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. So often we worry about what we'll say to someone. And the truth is we don't have to worry about that. So often we worry about what we can't do rather than trusting in the God who can do anything. You see, I find that God isn't necessarily calling you to speak in a foreign language and to lead people to Jesus that way, although sometimes God works in those ways. What I find is that God is calling you to speak the language of your own story to those who need to hear it. Just as the disciples were witnesses of Jesus, the truth is, so are you. And you've experienced Christ's work in your life. You've experienced His grace and His compassion. You've experienced His providence and His ability to show up at just the right time when you needed Him the most. Jesus is not a stranger to you. And the truth is that the same Spirit that filled the disciples at Pentecost is the same Spirit that resides in the heart of every believer who confesses Jesus is Lord. If you are willing to be led by the Holy Spirit, enabled by the Spirit to live into your calling and purpose in life, then I promise you God will provide you with opportunities for you to share your faith with those who need to hear it. I remember serving a previous congregation, and I remember that particular Sunday preaching. And in doing so, I began to share a little bit about my testimony and how I came to faith in Jesus. And I got to be honest with you, sometimes that can be hard to do because the reality is all of us have different experiences. And sometimes it makes us vulnerable when we share things in our past that we would rather some people may not know about. But God had laid it on my heart to do so and I had shared about how I had an alcoholic stepfather and how that was a bad situation, but that God had protected and guided me through that and led me into the ministry that I'm now doing. That God had brought me from a place that was difficult and hard into a place of joy to be able to share his good news. I really wasn't sure how that was going to connect with my rather affluent congregation where I did not seem to see those types of situations happening in regular everyday life. But God had a purpose in that, and after that worship service, as I gathered like I do with so many of you each and every Sunday, I had a visitor who had been at the church that day who approached me, and he said, Pastor Jeff, I need to talk to you. I want you to know something. God spoke to me through your message today, and in fact, I found out through your message that my story is much like your story. The difference is I've never submitted my life to Jesus, and I want to do that now. And I said, okay, well, let's pray. And right then and there, he invited Christ into his life for the first time. And not long after that, he was baptized in front of the congregation as an adult. And he became an active member of the church. Now, I have to be honest, I could have preached a really nice little sermon on Christian doctrine and how we should believe in Jesus, and that's a good thing. But that's not where I felt led. That's not where the Spirit led me to go. The Spirit pushed me to do something that I was a little uncomfortable doing. I didn't want to share with everybody. But in listening to the Spirit's lead, God had worked a miracle in this particular person's life, leading him to the Lord for the first time. I didn't speak in tongues. I spoke English like I'm speaking to you right now. But I spoke in a language that connected with somebody who needed to hear it. And I believe that the same is true for all of us. For you and I are living witnesses of Jesus' love, grace, and compassion in our own life, And there's no doubt that others could pick up this Bible and they could read it cover to cover and they could learn about the same Jesus that we worship. And it happens in which they come to faith in that. But I find that others need to hear That We have experienced this Jesus and that he's not just someone who is in a book just like so many other books that exist out there. I find in the church we speak of what we know we speak of what we've heard and what we have seen with our own eyes. And I find that there are people here in our own community who are struggling for various reasons in their lives who need to hear the stories of God's deliverance and of salvation. They need to hear about God's grace and God's healing in our lives. They need to hear about God's love and God's faithfulness in our lives. They need to know that the same God who has revealed himself to us in Jesus Christ is the very same God who will also reveal himself to them problem is they're not going to hear about it if we keep silence it involves us as the church stepping out of our comfort zones attentive to the spirit's lead and nudging in our lives those opportunities that are put before us that sometimes we push aside i want to remind you that god provided the opportunity for the disciples at pentecost He made the noise. He brought the wind. People gathered. And in gathering, they had questions, and the disciples had answers. That's how it worked. They didn't have to conjure up something on their own. They didn't have to think through how they were going to share that message. God made it happen for them and provided an opportunity for them to be willing participants in His work. You see, I'm confident that the Lord of heaven and earth will not only provide us opportunities to share our faith, but will also give us exactly what we need to share with those that we share it with. The only thing that is required of us is to be obedient and willing to do whatever the Holy Spirit leads us to do. And I find it interesting, and I don't think it's coincidental at all, The disciples received the Holy Spirit during the festival of weeks. The time to bring in the harvest. You know, Jesus said something about that. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And enabled by the Holy Spirit, they brought in quite a harvest. About 3,000 in all. In church, I believe that the God of heaven and earth, who has called each and every one of us to his service, can also do the same. We have to be willing to participate and to be a part of that together. My prayer is that we would willingly ask the Lord of the harvest to send us out into the harvest field together. Friends, may it be so this day and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.